Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Hey guys, welcome to Woven. Today, we are so excited. We have Jennifer Renee Watson on. Welcome, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, do you want to just maybe, let's start out with you introducing yourself to our listeners if they're not familiar, and then we'll kind of get into um, the reason you're here, which is your message of moving through brokenness into freedom, which we're really excited about. But first, let's talk about you. Okay. Uh, my name is Jennifer Renee. I am a mom of two miracle babies. Um, I'm in ministry. I've been in ministry for 20 years. So um, I grew up from kind of a broken background. So my, I have a really good um, history in knowing brokenness very well. And so I feel like I have a brokenness radar to where I can see people a mile away. So um, yeah, so I just love ministry. I love uh, what I get to do with writing and speaking and blogging. And it's just been absolutely amazing. So ministry is something that I do full time. And uh, this is totally my sweet spot. Awesome. Yeah. And you're Northwest Arkansas, right? Yes. Awesome. Okay. And so you're on Central Time Zone and we're on the East Coast. Um, how cold is it there? Is it? Do you guys have it's, the horrible weather? Um, it's kind of like, it fluctuates a lot. So it's around 35, which to me is awful. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is to hear too. I didn't know if that polar vortex had gone as south as you guys. Okay. Um, and you have, this is going to be your first book. And I'll just say the name of the yeah. book is Freedom, um, the, um, A Fresh Look at Leaving Brokenness Behind and Embracing True Freedom, The Gutsy Pursuit of Breakthrough and the Life Beyond It, um, okay. which comes out February 19th. Do I, do I have that yes. date right? Awesome. Yes. So this is your first book, right? Yes. Okay. Congratulations. Thank you. So, um, and what exactly, what type of ministry are you doing right now, obviously, besides writing a book? Um, Right now, I am, um, I'm doing our student ministries. So I've got about 45 students and kind of leading them. And so I also do our women's ministry. My husband pastors our church here in Bella Vista. So um, yeah, they just, they hired me about three years ago and it's just been amazing doing this. Um, being a woman in ministry is kind of difficult. So yeah. this has just been a really cool thing, especially when you're a pastor's wife, cause it's kind of two for the price of one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for them to like hire me and pay me that, that's, that was a pretty big deal. Yeah. I was in, I was in ministry for most of my career up until now. Well, I guess I'm still in ministry, but church ministry. Yeah. And, um, and yes, it is. My husband's not a pastor. He's not even in the ministry. So that's a little bit different, but I do know that being a woman in, a woman in ministry is a unique um, spot to be in for sure. Yeah. So, okay. Okay, so the book. Why yes. the book? Yeah, I want to know. You skipped over the history of brokenness thing. Let's yes. Do you want to go there? I want to go okay. there. Yes. Okay, let's do it. All right. So um, my parents were divorced at a really young age. Um, I My father was an alcoholic. Uh, there was just a lot of verbal and physical abuse. I mean, I would say not a lot, but enough to kind of wreck a person. Mm-hmm. And so I always had that call into ministry at a really young age. And I had no idea because I was super insecure as a child. And um, so when I got into ministry, you go to Bible college and you kind of feel like you're okay. Yeah. Like you have these things, but they're part of your story and you're absolutely okay. Well, I went through this kind of um, health crisis to where everything kind of surfaced and um I started having nightmares. I started really reliving and revisiting some moments and I was in ministry. So I tell everyone I had to unpack a lifetime of baggage and the spotlight of ministry. And let me tell you, so at first in your twenties, you kind of fake it and you hide it Mm -hmm. in your thirties. You're like, "Mm, you know, I'm just going to have to be real about this. And in your forties, you're like, here it is. You know? (laughs) So, um, So when I wanted to write this book, just because I circled the same issues for a really long time and I was doing all the right things, you know, that we're supposed to do as believers, uh, but I was still circling the same things. And so I felt like women and just people in general were kind of like glorifying brokenness. Like it's okay to be broken, but I was like, what, what are we missing here? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, we're missing the God of breakthrough. We're missing, like, how can God get glory from something we refuse to get over? So I really started asking myself some hard things. Um, my friend, she's in ministry as well. And she had a jacked up background and we just started (laughs) being very, uh, um, 
very honest about that, like publicly, she is a radio personality and we just start, we started putting it out there. And let me tell you, um, that's when my ministry completely changed and took off because yeah. no one wants this safe and cushy part. Like no one, right. You know, we're just beyond that. Yeah. Well, we don't want the people we feel like don't get it. Yes. Yeah. yeah you're like, Oh, cute. You're yeah, like you sweet. had a unicorn and a pony <laughs> as your in your childhood. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So we, we have talked a lot about um, this on Woven. Um, we, our listeners will know that if they've been listening yeah. to our past few series. And we've talked a lot about how God meets us in um, our seasons of brokenness and trauma. And everybody experiences it, whether it's, you know, having a right. childhood trauma or if it's some other kind of brokenness. We, uh, we live in a world that is broken. So right. we all experience it. And, and God meets us there. And that is a truth and a reality. But mm-hmm. let's talk a little, let's dig in a little bit more about what it looks like to be stuck there like the, and not be able to move forward. Because yeah. I think sometimes at least for my personality it takes me so long to recognize the brokenness mm-hmm. um, so it's good that I recognize it but like right. how do once I'm there what do I what does it look like to not move past that right well I started kind of pinpointing like is it a problem or is it a pattern so yeah. is it just like a temporary uh, this problem is my whole life right now <laughs> Right. I told her, I was like, oh my God, I need to have this conversation today. Is this okay? Go. (laughs) Okay. So is it a, so a problem is something that you know is temporary. Like it's going to be okay. So even in your marriage, even with your kids, like whatever it is, if it's a problem and you know, like you can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel and you know, you're going to be okay. Even if it's hard, Mm -hmm. like you're like, this is a problem. This stinks, but like, it's going to be over soon with a pattern. It is, it's almost like a tattoo mm-hmm. that, that you cannot get away from. It, but with this whole pattern thing, I mean, I think you have to do extra work. So there's digging and there's wrestling. And what people want to skip over is the wrestling in the dark part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we would not be who we are today without the wrestle. Um, do we love it? No. But will we get beyond it? Absolutely. But I think most people give up right before their biggest breakthrough. So they kind of yeah, let yeah. go. Mm-hmm. So I, like right now I have like the visual of like, you know, Jacob wrestling with the, the angel of the Lord and just like we kind of give up because we get tired because it's exhausting. Yeah. So it seems like it's easier to ignore it and be like, it is not a problem. It's a pattern. And so my biggest trigger is, am I talking about the same thing over and over and over? Yeah. Like yes. every time I vent, is it the same things? Yeah. Cause you know, if it is, then you're not over it. Yeah. So that's my whole like kind of telltale sign is if it still stings when you're, t- you talk about it, you're not over it. Yeah. 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 That's really good. So I think for, you know, cause I've been in, I, I, I've done women's day and children's ministry, but I've been in women's ministry for a long time. And, um, you know, I, I, when I started out in women's ministry in the early two thousands, I feel like it was kind of just at the cusp of like starting to become authentic and real. Like that became yes. a thing. Um, but before yes. that it wasn't like we, we just, you know, we put on our nice clothes and we fixed our hair and we went to Bible study. Like nobody talked yes. about anything. Um, and there was good parts about that. There was bad parts about that, but just the culture as a whole, not just Christian culture, the culture as a whole. Now the big thing is transparency, vulnerability, yes. authenticity, being real. Right. Like those are all like buzzwords. Mm-hmm. So like, it is. why do so I guess it's a two part question. First part of the question is like, what are the good things about that? And what are the bad things about that? I think that the good thing is that we're having these conversations. Mm-hmm. The bad thing is that we're camping out there. Yeah. You know, yes, everybody's broken and everybody goes through hard times. And, but I don't think that we're meant to be victims. We are like victorious over these things. And so that's what, when I started writing this book, um, and of course it was, it was really difficult kind of trying to communicate what I wanted to write, um, to my editor and publishers. And I just kind of stopped at one point in, uh, on the conversation and said, if you think I'm just talking about brokenness, I'm missing it. I'm not saying it right. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, and that's where I was like, we've got to go to beyond it, living beyond it with a breakthrough. And so, um, that's why I really started writing this book is because I think it's not enough for us to talk about it and just acknowledge it. I really want to see women get free. I want to see them say, I'm going to kick this pattern in the face and I'm going to conquer it. And I'm not coming back here. Yeah. yeah Cause I think that sort of authenticity without hope breeds this kind of 
like comfort and it can breed community, but it, it doesn't breed growth. It doesn't. And I think that that it's almost like it's become safe, you know, like it's a badge of honor to talk about it, but then moving beyond it takes work. And that's the thing that I, you know, and honestly, I was one of those, I wasn't willing to do the work. And that's why I was stuck and circling the same things is because I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to change my mindset, my attitude. I wanted to camp out and have a little pity party, but it was getting me nowhere. So asking for a friend, just kidding, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but like, okay, so, so how did you do that? Was it like you just woke up and you were like, I'm going to choose to be different or no. I mean, what did this look um, like for you? I realized that the biggest thing standing in my way was myself, like not the people, not even the problem, but myself, um, the way that I thought about my brokenness and my issues or the patterns was my real problem. So I started praying scriptures and I started um, like prayer journaling. And in my book, I have a lot like prompts to kind of keep you moving forward just because I know that it's so important because it's not a one and done thing. It's not that we just wake up one day and say, I'm going to do things differently, but there is a shift in your mindset, but you have to do it a lot more than you do all the negative mean talk that we do in our heads. Like it's like you, you, you know, when God says we can, um, that he's given us authority over our thoughts to take them captive, like that's scriptural. Like we can bank on that. Like we don't do it in our own strength. And that's, I think the difference in what we're hearing in some of the, the world. And it's really, you know, some of these messages are super great, but it's like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And I'm like, yeah, but, but that doesn't always work. Does it? But Jesus always works. And the renewing of your mind with the word, that always works. And um, so I just started thinking about my my problems differently and really going to the word. And like there, just gradually over time, there was a mindset shift just because I kept at it until that was brokenness and the the flighty and the I'm scared and fearful like mm-hmm. that was no longer my default now I'm not saying that I don't have those moments because I totally do I'm writing this book and putting it out there is like super scary so I've been really vulnerable so here I am talking about the gutsy pursuit and I'm like I'm scared it's because it's vulnerability and it's letting people see and so when you talk about a certain thing you can guarantee smack to you're going to be um, targeted in that area because the enemy is such a punk. He's going to go at you. Just even you saying this out loud. I mean, your friends, you know, talking about your friend, um, <laughs> just even, even saying that out loud means that you are acknowledging it and you're ready to like go right. head on. Um, so I think like be prepared to know that it's going to be a little bit of a struggle, but I know you can do it. Like yeah. I know I know you can. So that's the thing. Once you start saying, you know, what, I'm going to make it and I'm going to get through this mm-hmm. and that that starts to be what leads you, it will change. Yeah, it's kind of cool, like not to turn this into a counseling session, but I think people can relate <laughs> to this. Like, so we have some speaking engagements coming up and like my knee jerk is just to be like, oh, no, I suck at that. I can't do public yes. speaking. I'm so insecure. And I, I kind of had the realization the other day. I was like, that is just my go to. <laughs> Right. That is just what I, that's like my little, my script. I go like, Oh, I'm so insecure. Someone told me I'm going to do a good job. And I was like, I don't have to do that. And I don't even know if I think that's true anymore, but I'm so entrenched in that habit. And I think that's what happens to us. And it's sort of that autopilot. We just go on and we're like, well, and Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, that's how our brain, you know, neuropathways and all of that. It's so true. So, okay. That's our part. We have right. to, what do you think is the different, like, what is God's part? What is our part? Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think his part is all the things that we are totally terrified that we can't handle on our own. Um, and I think surrendering to that and knowing that, you know what, you're going to have those moments and that's a hundred percent. Okay. Because as much as we would like to have it all together and be completely gutsy and unafraid all the time, we're just not going to be right because yeah. we need Jesus. And so I think that, you know, his role in this and maybe ours is just obedience and surrender. Like mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're obedient to him and doing what he's asked us to do, even if we're afraid, even if we have those moments where, okay, I suck at public speaking, I'm going to trip over my words or whatever. 
but you still show up. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, you're incredible. Mm-hmm. Like that's amazing. Yeah. So instead of like looking at, Oh, I beat myself up. Girl, you're showing up mm-hmm. like that. I mean, that gold star, like celebrate. Mm-hmm. I think that we kind of put so much pressure on ourselves yeah. to, to not have those moments. But when we make it through it uh, and show up in it, my goodness, I think we should just celebrate that a whole lot more and give ourselves a little bit more credit. And that's like the good part about sharing what you're going through with people, because then you can open people into celebrating with you those small steps. Yeah. If we just kind of keep this stuff inside and try to fight on our own, it doesn't work. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. So I, we, so our, one of our main things on woven is balance. Like that's our, like, that's our, like, if we had a word, that would probably be Mm -hmm. our word. Right. And so I, I, because, and the reason why we've always talked about that is because cultural culture and especially Christian culture, you know, you swing one way or another. So I was talking about how for a while we were over here where we didn't talk about anything and we put on our mask and everything looks pretty. And and Mm. we have Jesus now. So all the stuff's in the past and like that doesn't bother us anymore. And then now we have swung the other direction where, you know, now, now it's like super cool to be like broken and (laughs) you'd be into like a yoga pant hot mess. Yeah. I don't know if you follow John, John Crest, the comedian. Yes. Yeah. He did, oh, I love it. Yeah. He had that whole um, video about where he was making fun of the t-shirts that have yes. the, like mantras on it about like, you know, yeah. us being a hot mess or tacos and wine. Like that's me or whatever. <laughs> I can't think of any of those cutesy sayings right now. And I mean, I love those shirts too. You know, I, I, yes. mean, I think they're funny, but like he hit the point of what he was trying to say was like, we have swung into now, like, like it's cool to like be a mess all the time. And, right. um, and, you know, and so there, so there's a balance there. Like we right. don't want to swing the other direction and be like, everything's okay. But we'd also yeah. don't want to be stuck in this mentality that like, well, I'm a hot mess. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to like live into that hot mess. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I don't really know what my question is, but it's more <laughs> of like, it's more of like, you know, if you had an, like an ideal for like what a balanced Christian woman would look like on that spectrum, what would it look like yeah. to you? Okay. So I think that we get to swing into hot mess lands on occasion. Like, like do you have kids? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, once a day. <laughs> so we're going to have those moments. Oh, my goodness. Like, right before I had this, I'm just going to say this because we're being, like, really honest, right? My husband and I, like, duped it out. And I was like, I'm about to talk to Jesus. And I wanted to cuss him and punch him in the face. And yeah. I was like, awesome. They go talk about Jesus. I'm sure it's going to be great, but there's <laughs> going to be those moments yeah. where we struggle because we're human and we live with other people and that's hard. So I think that that's, we're going to have those moments where we kind of shift in and out, of, but that's not who we are. Mm-hmm. That's not where we camp out. And that is not our identity. So yeah, we can have the, and I always joke about emotional eating and how I need a cupcake and all of that. But when it comes down to, I don't eat cupcakes every single day. Right. I mean, I wish, but like, that's not my staple. That's not my, that's not what satisfies my heart. You know, right. it helps for a little while, <laughs> but it's not going to fix anything. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. cupcake ministry. We should start that. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. So I think that just giving yourself room, but making sure, you know, in your head that you're not a hot mess. You just have a few moments like that. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. Yeah. We visit being a hot mess, but our true identity is that we eventually will have it all together. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I mean, like after we die. That's what I mean. (laughs) I mean, like way eventually. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and listen, I am a good piece of advice that um, one of my mentors um, gave me. And he said, Jennifer, I want you to make a list of everything that fuels you and everything that drains you. Mm-hmm. And look at them. And he said, like, speaking about balance, why do you think you, you're supposed to be good at everything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I was sitting in church when he said it was like before church service. And I was like, you just blew my whole entire thought process up in that simple moment of saying, make a list. Why are you doing some of these things that drain you that you absolutely do not have to do. Mm -hmm. And it was just one of those kind of mic drop moments where I was like, yeah, that's right. I do not have to be good at everything. And it just freed me up to let go of perfection in every single area. I mean, like I'm, I'm, I don't have an assistant. 
There's only one of me. Like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I do my own stunts. There's only so much that I can do. <laughs> but, um, but I totally believe in Jesus and I lean on him. So other than that, I'm not going to be perfect. And you know what? What's going to connect us to other women more than anything is us having those face-to-face moments where we say, you know what? I don't even, I'm barely scratching the surface of this and I'm, I'm broken and I want out. So I'm going to let you see all of me, all of the, the pain and let's figure it out together. That, oh my goodness, is powerful. Yeah. And I think that maybe what you just said, maybe part of why we get stuck in brokenness, because we do find such community in it. Like I have whole friendships built on complaining about our bodies. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. It's nope. like, it's, I think as women, like we, we find that commonality in that brokenness. Yes. Yeah. Well, and like, I'm not telling you to break up with all of those friends, but when you're going through a time of like where you really want to grow and find healing, you've got to find someone on the same page who wants the same thing. And that's going to call you on it. I have friends that will flat out point at me and say that what just came out of your mouth is not Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now I have a a few friends that are super sweet about it. Um, like Holly's super sweet, you know, (laughs) about it. And my, my best friend that I talk about a lot in the book, um, Carrie, Oh, she'll, she'll just get in my face, you know, and be like, I'm just going to have to shut that down. But I do the same thing for her, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, and at first we did not love it, but um, now we kind of welcome it because I kind of need that. Um, I don't want to call it a spanking, but that kind of wake up call that says, yeah. all right, like this is not, you're, you're thinking about this all wrong, like snap out of it. Well, I kind of think of it like, so I have two kids and my older child's a girl who's approaching preteen land. So there's, um, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, you have kids like they get, yeah. they get, they get so the drama gets so heightened. Like, and I, yes. and I like, sometimes I just have to like thump her cheek. Cause I'm yeah. like, I'm like, you did, and I, I don't, I like, what I really want to do is slap her face, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody out there who works for defects, I don't slap her in the face, but like, it is almost <laughs> a, with, like, wake up, get it yeah. together. Like, yeah. because you're spiraling. Right. Yes. And so mm-hmm. the thing is, is I, 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 for so long, I had friendships where we didn't talk about anything. Like it was all very surface mm-hmm. and like, and yes. then, and then, and then I became a mom and I found comfort in relationships where I can complain about my husband, uh-huh. where yes. I can complain about how hard it is to be a mom. I can complain about how I'm having to stay home now for X, Y, and Z reasons. And I don't like it. Um, yes. all of the things, you know, um, whatever it is, the weather for the day. And then we couldn't go outside and my kids are crazy, you know, and, and those, we need to have those friendships too, because, yes. Because we need to be able to like talk about those things, right? But it, it has to. We have to have those friends in our lives that are going to slap us across the face. Like we need, yeah. That. But I don't want that. Like I want. <laughs> yeah. I I prefer the. I mean, I do now. But at the time, I I wanted the friends who were just going to be like, yeah, your husband's a jerk. Like, yeah, I wanted those yes. friendships because misery loves company, right? Yes, like, it does. It, it want. It, we want other people to like feel as bad as we do, and we want to mm-hmm. rehash the same things over and over and over and we don't want those friends that are going to tell us to stop rehashing those things yes so how do you find those friends that are like a good mix of both yeah um okay so I have I group my friends in categories oh my gosh I'm gonna get in so much trouble for this so I have my (laughs) I have my fun friends okay Mm -hmm. like we we play games we hang out as couples um like we'll, we'll talk about occasional stuff yeah but like but it doesn't go really deep mm-hmm. because like not everybody can handle what, <laughs> what I bring to the table all the time. <laughs> so, so they're my fun friends. Um, I love to go and hang out and I'm like, I can just be myself and silly and it, it's a fun. Um, and then I have like, you know, you have your church friends and then you have your mom friends that, you know, I'm, thank God I'm out of the play date days and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> but but you need that, um, like I call them like the, your tribe, that you're all like headed in the same direction and you all want the same things. Yeah. Not just for yourself, but for each other, because that's mm-hmm. what makes it a huge difference. So with Carrie and I, we wanted the same things. We wanted to be in ministry and we wanted to be a le- less of a hot mess. We wanted to 
not just talk about our brokenness, but figure it out and, and know what to do with it. And so that yeah. looked like us going to therapy sessions, not together. Um, she's <laughs> an extreme introvert and she just, we just, we send out those SOS texts where we're just like, I need you to stop what you're doing is pray. And then we have chips and salsa therapy where we get together and we just spill everything. Like nothing is nothing is wrong and off limits. Like you just say everything and then you figure out what to do with it. So just, I mean, I guess just spending time and you can sit, you can tell which one of your friends are going to be willing to go there with you. And, and honestly, not a whole lot will. Yeah. So if you have one, one person, but if you have like two to three people that you can do that with awesome. But if you just have one yeah. or even like half, like a person who will almost go there with you, that's a start. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with, um, you know, categories that are friends. Jesus had categories for his friends. Like, he you know, did. He Thank you. I'm going to tell him that Jesus did it. Yeah. So there's circles that we have circles of friendships and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think it's, at least for me, other people who may not have this personality, I just, I want to stay in the comfortable circles. Like, you know, most of the time I want to, like, if I'm going to go outside and my kids are playing, I want to sit in, in either the circle where we're talking about the weather or the circle where we're like complaining about our husbands. I don't want to sit in the circle where somebody's <laughs> going to be like, okay, that's great that you complained about your husband. But now like, what was your part in that? Like, I don't want yeah. to sit in this friendship. But at the yeah. same time, it stinks when you just need to vent about something and somebody's like, well, you know, and they don't. No, like, no, so, no. I hate that. Yeah. It's yeah. like there, there's a balance. You know what? There has to be room. There has yes, to be room right. to say, you know, I, I need to vent. And you're a safe person because I know that you care about me and I know yes. that you care about my husband. So with one of my friends, that, well, my best friend who I will say anything to, it's because I know that she respects my man. Yeah. You know, like she really, really does. So it's not like I'm totally throwing him under the bus. Yes. Although yes. I do on occasion. But <laughs> it's that I know that when I say this to her, that it's not going to go anywhere else. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I, and I do, and I, I've, I have found, so this is the year of 40 for me. So, um, so I, I've done a lot of reflecting as we're going, like I have a, you know, a few more months till I hit 40. And, and so this has been a very reflective year for me. And uh, one of the things that th- this topic right here is like one of those points of reflection for me is friendship. And um, I, cause I've swung all over the pendulum with friendship cause I'm an extroverted person. So like I have lots of acquaintances, um, yeah. but paring down who are those one, two, three people that we're talking yeah. about here. Like not yes. the ones that I go have a glass of wine with and complain about the PTA. And it's also not the ones that I just like, there's also the acquaintances where you just wave and talk about the weather and how the Atlanta Falcons are doing like those, yes. th- there's those acquaintances too. And we need to have those types of things too. Right. But like identifying who are those one or two or three people, because my, my old way of doing things was mm-hmm. I found those people and then I ran from that. Because it yes. was too hard. So then I dumped those friendships and which is, I'm talking about vulnerability here, but, uh, <laughs> but those friendships are no longer there, which is very sad to me because I wasn't yeah. willing to go all the way. Um, and right. I'm not, I don't need to go all the way with everybody, but there has to be a couple yeah. people I all go all the way right. with. And those friendships are not going to last if one person wants to go all the way and the other one doesn't. Right. So um, I just, I, this has been, this is, it's a super important thing for me so yeah. far the past couple of years of just, just finding who those, who, who, who your people are, who's your people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's really good. So, okay. Um, so you use a phrase in the book, mending mindset. Can you tell me what that yes. means? Uh, or tell that us is renewing your mind with scriptures. Um, so I, I think it's like, we can say, I'm going to think positive. I'm going to think positive. I'm going to think positive. But uh, I just don't think that that always does the trick. And so when I look at scriptures and what the word says and about our mindset, it kind of puts me in check. It Mm -hmm. puts my thoughts in check and it makes me know how, um, how much power God has given us over those things. He has given us so much power over it. And I think that we forget that and we don't tap into it. And that's why we feel stuck. You know, mm-hmm. that's why we feel like we're going through the same things. So with the mending mindset, I realized that the biggest thing that I was struggling with was my thought life mm-hmm. and the things that were rolling around in my head that no one knew about yeah. and the things that I was thinking about and the thoughts that I was entertaining. 
and the things that came out of my mouth. I'm, I'm telling you, if everything that comes out of your mouth is like toxic, you know it. You, you really do. And it's it's sometimes um, it when it becomes our norm, we forget that that's, you know, that we that we really don't have to live like that. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, I got a little stuck. Yeah, I was just thinking about, um, so with a mending mindset, I talk a lot about um, also the, the mean girl in your head. And it's just mm-hmm. kind of like breaking up with her and just saying, you know what? Like, you don't get to live here anymore. You know, like you just do not get to occupy so much my space. Because yeah. like she was just taking over everything. So, yeah. So what do you think? I mean, we don't really do anything as humans. It doesn't benefit us in some way. And people don't stay stuck in brokenness if they're not getting something out of it. Right. So I'm just curious, what do you think we get out of it that makes it appealing to stay stuck there? Attention. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because if I'm broken, so I wrestle with um, seasonal depression and anxiety. So winter is like, that's when I, I need the shirt that says, I'm sorry for what I said when it was winter. <laughs> like yeah. I need that. Um, so that is like where I go, you know what, this is the, the season that I struggle a little bit more because it's darker outside and it's cold. And um, instead of making excuses, like I, I say, okay, how can I meet myself, like take care of this better this season? Mm-hmm. And it's been really, really hard. And also because I knew that my book was launching during the month of winter and I felt like, okay, God, are you just like messing with me? Mm-hmm. But it's helped me accountable to where I don't really give into it. Like when you need to nap and when you need to cry and when you need to do those things, like do them, like that's totally fine. So I think that there is like that attention that comes from it, but it's also like, it's a real thing. Like it's a diagnosable thing. And I think that a lot of women live with chronic illness and I don't know if, you know, if really those pop tarts are that bad for you. And that's why I don't know what causes it. (laughs) But I think that, you know, us kind of understanding what's going on in our own heads and hearts is huge. So I think attention is a huge thing. I think that we really like crutches, we like to lean on something. And I think we love having an excuse. Yep. You know, that kind of makes us feel better and like, okay, like, can I get a hall pass over this? Because like, I really am depressed. But when it comes down to it, um, if my words still hurt my husband or my words hurt someone else, like, I don't get to blame that on anybody, anything else but me. Like, that's all me. Yeah. 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 So we kind of don't want to take responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's never fun. It's never fun yeah. to take no. responsibility. The attention thing, and I think it, it looks different for different people, but the attention thing definitely resonates with me. Like, you know, it, you know, it's almost this. Oh, are you still there? I'm oh, sorry. yeah, there you are. <laughs> it, yeah, like, switch. I was like, oh, no. I lost you. Okay, yeah, <laughs> but it, for me, like, the attention thing definitely rings true. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, me too. Because we're always, cl- I mean, especially in the world that we live in, where, like, and I'm, and I'm, you know, trying to build a platform and book stuff and all of that. So, like, there's this, like, what's my thing? You know, like, yes. what, what, what is my shit? Is my shtick yes. that I'm broken? Is my shtick that I'm like have it all together? But what, like, we're all trying to find our shtick. So, like, if right. if our shtick is this whatever X Y Z brokenness is, then we need to stay in that because then what's our shtick going to be? You know, right? You know. Well, and I think that yeah. Well, okay. So you're a total like extrovert. Yeah. So is the other Rebecca? You're an you're an introvert, right? I am mostly like in like I'm. I'm sort of in the middle, but I'm an introvert in like that's how you read energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes. I'm not okay, like, okay. Yeah. But she's also super fun and like like yeah, likes to be around yeah. people. But that's not how you recharge, right? Right? right. Yeah, yeah. No. And I totally okay. recharge by being with people. Like the bigger the yes. party, the better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good job. <laughs> okay, so like that's no, I love that. I mean, I love that because I was thinking about that. Like just even like. See, you know, hearing you is knowing that your needs are going to be completely different than mine. Yeah. So you do not have to have, like, you are totally good to, like, cover a lot of territory in the friendship department, right? Yeah. Like, that, you're totally fine. That's how you're wired. Yeah. So that's awesome. So even if you just have, like, that one, you know, gritty friends, like, you're good. 
Yeah. You know, it's just probably like the introverts in me needs a, little, a few more meaningful relationships. Yes. And then I have my fun, you know, I can be in the fun zone every now and then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is how my husband is. And we've been married almost 18 years. And he, um, he, this is, it's been hard for me to like recognize this, like, cause he just needs those like one or two or three friends and that's it. Um, and yeah. And that's so hard for me because I'm like, I don't understand. That's not enough. Well, that's something. It's interesting (laughs) you bring that up because I am introverted and I just tend to, I hate small talk. I hate like, I I I do too. I'm just like, go, like go deep or go home basically. But I've had to learn that everybody isn't like me and that I can still have friends and that that doesn't mean they don't want to be friends with me or that they're like rejecting me just because they, yeah. it's like really they just sometimes don't have the ability or the space or whatever. So yeah. that's been a good lesson for me as an adult is like my kids go into things where I'm kind of like with people I have to be with and I'm like, but they're not like yes. my best friends and my people, but I still have to hang out with them a lot. And what does this look like? And so, yeah. Yeah. but something you said, I was thinking too, um, I think going back to like, how do you, what do we get out of being broken? Like what, what are the benefits? I think, um, a lot of times, cause I have a trauma history as well. Um, and I think a lot of times when you're in that environment, you have to kind of be perfect. Like, because you or like as children, we think like, if I can be really good and if I can be really perfect, then like everything will stop and it's happening because yes. I'm not perfect. And I think as an adult, yes. I have taken that perfectionism into life and it doesn't look like traditional perfectionism. Like I'm kind of messy. I'm not, I'm B personality, but I have my like perfectionism. And so I think that brokenness has become my like excuse of not being perfect. So I think for me, I've, you know what I'm saying? Like I cling to that. Like I feel like I have to be perfect, even though I don't, but Mm -hmm. I know like, well, as long as I'm like, well, I was abused, then it's like, Oh, it's okay. Rebecca. Yeah. Okay. So like, cause I really want to talk to that about that because, um, I did the same thing. I call mm-hmm. it like jumping through hoops, like a show dog. And yes, I talk about that a lot in the book, but it's because, um, if I am not perfect, then I will not be loved. Right. But that was my core thought. If yeah. I don't show up and if I'm not in the best mood and if I'm not fun, like perky, yeah. sweet Jennifer, but if like sassy cranky shows up, then, you know, no one's going to love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I realized that I was my, I thought love was based on performance and it is a hundred percent not. And if anybody wants to love me like that, like, sorry, bye, you know, like yeah. I, I cannot be perfect for you, but I will love you. I will be vulnerable with you, but I'm not going to be perfect. So don't like hold me to standards that are just like, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And so I did the whole thing too. And I still do like, mm-hmm. Oh no, I, you know, Ooh, I misbehaved. You know, it's, I put so much pressure, but like, it, it's just, yeah. So that was a huge thing with me is knowing that I was worthy of unconditional love yes. and I didn't have to work so dang hard for it. Well, and you don't like, if you don't feel guilty, you don't need a scapegoat anymore. And that's kind of when you can release that sort of, yes. like, but this happened to me. This yeah. is why I'm this way. You don't have to yeah. find a reason. You can just be like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The end. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had a moment where um, I'm on a podcast um, called More Than Small Talk and I'm with two other friends. And I had, I have not had one of those moments happen in a really long time, but I, something triggered me and I completely shut down mm-hmm. and they saw me. So my good friends who have never, they've heard me talk about it, but they, they've never seen it. And so I completely shut down. Um, and I cannot believe that we still had like this incredible conversation and God really used it, but I completely, I completely botched it. And you know what? They called and checked on me, not for an apology, but because they cared about me. Before I felt like I owed everybody a person, like a personal apology for like having a meltdown or having a moment, a moment. And I was able to bounce back from that so quickly. And that wouldn't have happened 10 years ago. It just wouldn't have, I would have beat myself up over it and I would have sent them flowers and letters and I would, (laughs) I would apologize and I would obsess and I'd be insecure about it. I bounced back so fast from that. And that is freedom. And that's a shift in your mindset. I was like, okay, like I totally like botched everything. And you know what? I, I'll show up the next time and record again and it'll be fine. And it was. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, yeah. So that's, I mean, one of the questions we wanted to ask you, like 
what are the signs that we're truly living in freedom from our past traumas and pains? Like bouncing back yes. is one of them. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's just like, you know, there's a lot of things that we go through that are completely out of our control and there's nothing that we can do about them. But how we like respond to them is really the biggest. Yeah. I think, you know, your, your indicator of how you're really doing is how you respond to it. If someone, someone close to you and a family member dies, you are going to grieve, right? You are going to have that time and freedom and knowing that you're okay is giving yourself all the space you need to grieve, to cry and go through all of the stages like everybody else has to without the pressure of get over it faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I going back to what you said at the beginning about like, what do I, what do I talk about all the time? So Mm -hmm. I, I feel like for me, so, so just for me, a lot of my brokenness has come, um, happened a few years, happened a few years ago in relation to like disappointment in ministry. And so for a long time, that's all I talked about was Mm -hmm. like, what, what now, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do? Like that, you know, that was my mantra. Like I, you know, why did God call me into ministry? And then it looks like this, you know, the, this whole, right, I mean, that's all right. another podcast for another time. But like, you know, so and, and for a long time, that's all I talked about. And I still right. talk about it some, but it's becoming, it's not everyday thing. So it's progressing. But you were trying to heal from it. I was trying to heal. So I talked about it a lot, which and is process. okay. Yeah. And process. Yes, totally okay. But at some point you have to move past that. At some point yeah. you have to say, okay, God, now what are you going to do with this? And how can I, okay, yeah. how can I move past that? Yeah. Right? So, okay. With, with those things. And I, I feel like I didn't hit on this, um, with the mindset and all of that shift. Um, I think there's people that we have to forgive. Like those who've w- wounded us. Like I, I know I have experienced multiple church burn is what I call it. Yeah. You know, it's like, Instead of carpet burn, it's like church burn where you just like feel like you've just been drugged, you know, and yeah. you've got this mark on you and it hurts. I've had to re I've had to repeatedly forgive people. Yeah. You know, until it finally stuck. Yeah. And I think that that's a hundred percent okay and I'm willing to own it. But there was also like I think forgiveness is a huge factor in healing. And it's not just forgiving the people who like hurt you or wound you or disappoint you. It's like forgiving yourself is yeah. a huge thing in that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I just know for me that I can I can tell that I that more healing is coming from it now yeah. as I've progressed through it and talked through it because I don't feel the need to harp on it as much. Like right. it's not like that's, awesome. that's not the that's not like the linchpin anymore in how I'm feeling for the day, right? Like yeah. if I'm yeah, talking about good. that or not. So I, I think that I, I think that's a really good indication is just because um, you do need to talk about it, but at some point yeah. it, it becomes less and less and less, yeah. or at least it should, yeah. right? So yeah. So I was wondering too. I mean, you said, did you ever when you're forgiving people, did you feel like you had to forgive God? Because I know for me, a lot of it was like, well, you could have stopped this, you know, like you could have, right? You know how? So for the woman who's like kind of stuck there and is like, yeah, yeah, how? Oh. I- yeah. Oh my goodness. But it makes me want to cry. So I have, um, I have a mentor in my life that is a godly woman who will read your mail that you did not hand to her. I mean, like she just, uh, she has a radar. And so she was kind of talking me through some things. Um, and so she said, so she started listening to people. Have you forgiven so-and-so mm-hmm. have you forgiven so-and-so and she went through the list mm-hmm. you know and then she said have you forgiven yourself and then she said have you forgiven God and I want you to know I felt like it was whiplash in that mm-hmm. moment that I was just like <gasps> you know because that seems like but it, it is there's sometimes that we go through things and we are so bitter because we're like why like yeah. why why, why did this happen? Why me? I'm showing up. I have this heart to serve you. I'm trying really hard. Why? And I think that that is, I don't think that God's afraid of it at all because look at how many times in the old Testament and new where people are like, why? Yeah. And you know what? He spoke to their why every time he totally did, but he didn't just, he didn't just speak to it. He healed it. 
Yeah. yeah. And it's not like, you know, like he heals it. And it's just, um, it's the most incredible thing because we're, we are going to have those, like, what are you thinking moments? And, um, before I would have felt like that was very, um, it wasn't churchianity and it wasn't something that I was supposed to say as a minister's wife, but, um, <laughs> it's a hundred percent fact that we all go through. So for the woman that's kind of struggling and saying, you know, I don't, I can't even like forgive God right now. He's fine with it. Yeah. Like he'll still be there when you're ready. So work it out. Talk to like, keep talking to him. Um, there were so many people that, you know, in the scriptures where they threw like major fits, like grown people through fits, um, you know, in the relationship with the Lord and God still met him there, yeah. you know, and most of them felt like through a fit and then we're on the floor and he was like, get up, you know, like, um, Elisha, you know, he was doing yes. these incredible things, incredible miracles, um, by his hand. And then one thing happened and it triggered him and he's like, I just want to die. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he threw the biggest pity party. And as a woman, I was like, Yes. Yeah, he did. He threw that pity party. And then like the angel brings him snacks Mm -hmm. and like tells him to rest. And I'm like, you know, we just need to throw a fit and take a nap and eat some snacks and then keep going the next day. We are way more like toddlers than we ever would like to admit. A hundred percent. We've just learned how to be socially acceptable. Yeah, but we are still all toddlers. (laughs) I I was thinking, I, I, I can't remember if it was church this Sunday or sometime recently. Um, they were talking about um, when Jesus goes to, uh, or when Lazarus dies and Jesus shows up, but he like kind of just meanders his way there, right? It takes him a while and he gets there and both Mary and Martha were like, what took you so long? Why? Didn't yes. you, I think they literally say, why didn't you come earlier? And, yeah. and um, you know, if I was Jesus which thankfully I'm not. But if I was, <laughs> if I was, I would have been like, what the heck are you talking about? I'm Jesus. I got this. Like that would have been my, yeah. my reaction. And instead he's, yeah. like, he's very tender with them and he weeps with them. And then he goes in yes. and, and he raises Lazarus from the dead and he does what he needs to do. Um, and what he was always been able to do, but he comes with to them with gentleness and grace. And I think for yes. me, my, my concern always with, because my, my issues of totally, is, is totally an unforgiveness towards God totally I forgive other people um I, I I probably need to do some more work on forgiving myself but mostly it was an unforgiveness towards God and my my concern with bringing that to him was the way he was going to respond to that was he yeah. going to respond with more um disappointment because I couldn't handle the earlier disappointment or was he going to come so with like grace? would you be punished yeah would I be punished mm-hmm. um with more disappointment because I brought yeah. my disappointment with him to him does that make sense yeah and yeah and but um, instead, um, he's always proven to be very gracious and kind. Um, and that doesn't mean he doesn't tell me sometimes to get up, but he does yeah. it in a gracious and kind way. And he I think somebody just needs to hear that, like, he's yeah. gracious and kind with us, even when we're disappointed in him. Yeah. Right. So, And in his key moments where he was moved for people. Yeah. I mean, like in his gut. It, I mean, like, there's even like the Hebrew and Greek word for how he was moved in his gut for his people. And that's what I like to think about in those moments where I'm having a really hard time making sense of what I'm feeling and what I'm going through is that he was a, he's a God who is moved in his, his deepest places for his people. And that's how he loves us. Mm-hmm. He, he is not standing up there like with his finger out. He just, he loves us so much that um we're the we're the mean ones we're the ones who are so mean to ourselves yeah, yeah definitely for sure okay do you have any other questions before i kind of ask like a, some final stuff uh no i think i'm good so your book comes out 219 freedom the gutsy pursuit of breakthrough 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 in the life beyond <laughs> it so what for the woman who's going to pick up this book hopefully it'll be lots of women who pick up this book but the woman who picks up this book like what do you want them to know what is your prayer for them that they stick with it, like that they just like stick with it and that they go through all of the steps and read it. And just, I I hope they're so 
um, excited and that they'll be like, read some of the stories that I told and be like, Oh, that girl is a mess. All right. So I'm going to be fine. Cause she's a hot mess. And you know, she wrote a book. No, but I just, <laughs> I hope that they feel hopeful and I hope that they stick through it, uh, stick with it and just, um, realize how capable they are of getting through the hard things that they're facing and experiencing. Um, when they pick up that book, I hope that just by the time they turn the last page that they, uh, feel a hundred percent convinced that, that God loves them, that they're going to be okay. And that they can keep going and do all the steps, whether that's counseling, whether that's, um, breaking up with toxic people, whatever they need to do, whatever area that they need breakthrough in the most, that they're going to feel confident that they can do it. I thought of one more question that I meant to ask. Okay. So we've been talking a lot about like our minds and our emotions, but on our podcast, a big thing we talk about is integration. So were there any like physical things you did or do you know what I mean? Like, were there any ways yeah. you got in your body to pursue healing or anything mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. Um, so I think that self-care is a huge thing that people are talking about right now. And a lot of people are like, that's, that's just selfishness. No, like whatever you need to do. There's a moment I had just, I've had like a a really just stressful, intense season and it's winter when I struggle, I schedule in more time for myself. Mm -hmm. And, um, I like, whether that's a massage or whether that's coffee with a friend, but just making some room also with like prayer journaling. I love the physical act of writing down everything, like everything that you're feeling And then like praying, like writing your prayer out and then turning the page because then you see that next page is clean and there's Mm -hmm. nothing on it, but it's like saying, I'm going to let go of this and move on. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's something that I put in my mind when I write things down and turn the page that I don't want to revisit that, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to move forward. And so it's just this act. And I've even said it out loud when, um, when I've been in relationships and they bring up something that happens maybe two years or five years or whatever it was, whether it was last week, I'm like, yeah, but I can't do anything like about that. Now I'm just moving forward. So I will say that to people. I can't go back there, but I can go forward. Mm -hmm. And so, and they're kind of like, what? But it just saying that out loud tells them, you know, like, are you going to bring that up that I did that five years ago and hurt your feet? Or are we going to like, fix this and move forward because that's mm-hmm. what I want to do. That's where healing's at is letting everything be in the rear view. The rear, ah, can't talk the mirror. Like it's just behind you, baby. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think the biggest takeaway take for me is, um, is it's going to help me be a better friend because my tendency is, um, to let my, my nearest and dearest just like circle. Like, and like, sometimes they need to circle, but sometimes they need to snap and like, and that's okay. And that's the most loving thing I can do. And, and I want to allow people to do that for me. And I want to be able to do that for other people. So that's a huge takeaway for me. So, yeah. Okay. This has been great. This has been great, Jennifer. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. You guys have been wonderful. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. Well, we will link to the book because you're the, this episode is going to come out after your book comes out. Okay. We will make sure that people know how to find it. Yes. And, um, well, and find you and find the podcast. That's the one you do with Susie and Holly, correct? Yes. Susie Eller and um, Holly Garth. You have, um, what's the name of the podcast one more time? It's called More Than Small Talk. Okay. And so we'll also link to that too, because I think all of this stuff kind of all fits together. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jennifer. Thanks, Jennifer. Oh my goodness. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.